0: Welcome to Gracefield Grit. I'm your host, Lana Stenner, and we are chatting all about growing your faith, family, and the backyard farm. Here at the Gracefield Homestead, we are having honest, hard, and authentic conversations with some amazing guests about getting back to the basics and what's important in life. We are not for everyone, and we don't clean up our conversations, so you will get the unedited chat. Each episode, you can expect practical tips and encouragement. I am so honored to have you join us today. So grab a cup of coffee and let's do this thing. Welcome back, friends. In this episode, I'm sharing our beginning garden plans for this spring season. As of this recording, it is February and we recently finished up all of our seed purchasing for this upcoming year. One of the things that I truly love about gardening is how quickly you see the results and the year after year improvement of your processes. So many things in this life take so long to see success and reap the rewards of your hard work, but gardening and growing your own food is truly a quick fix and a dose of joy. Sometimes within only a week or two, you see those little sprouts coming up. The beautiful perk is that after your first year or first planting season, you can begin to harvest not only your produce, but start saving seeds. Every single year, we end up purchasing less and less seeds and using our own heirloom varieties, which, yes, is a little more work at the end of the season, but it is so rewarding this time of year when we are planting in the spring. So, today I wanted to share with you exactly what seeds I'm starting indoors, and we're chatting all about those cold weather crops. So, I'm in Zone 6, some even call it Zone 6B, here in Kansas City, Missouri. Go Chiefs! We just won the Super Bowl this week, so we're pretty excited about that. We have been gardening here in Kansas City on this property for over 20 years. and the first several years, we made so many mistakes. And one of the very first main mistakes that almost had us throwing in the towel was not understanding our temperature zone and how it's actually three different planting seasons here. For so many years, we would wait until May after the last frost, decide to till up the beds and then head to the garden center to get some plants to put in the ground. We spent a lot of money on those plants and many died by the heat of the 4th of July holiday and then the weeds took over. First of all, our property is now a no-till property. And it really has nothing to do with the green movement and all the environmentalists. Not that I have a problem with any of that. I, I love the environment. Our motivation is minimal weeding and higher producing plants. And that is what you get with no-till gardens. We do have a training in one of our courses on no-till gardening, but I may do a podcast episode on that sometime soon. This process is so much easier. I love it, but that's for another day. Let's chat about these three different planting seasons. Why don't people talk more about this? So my first indication of these three different planting seasons within my zone was with the herb cilantro. I didn't realize it was a cold weather crop or herb. So a little off track, a little rabbit trail here. We're going to go off topic We all know that people either love or hate cilantro, and I didn't realize that it is genetic and can be tested for in some of these 23andMe or Ancestry tests. You may have the I hate cilantro gene, and that is so fascinating to me. Anyway, we love our cilantro over here in salsa, spicy dishes, and pretty much anything we can think of. After a couple of seasons of having a beautiful crop of it in my herb garden in early June and then it all being dead by July 1st, I started to do some research. Sure enough, it can't handle the sizzling heat in my zone. So now I plant it in the early spring and harvest it by late June before the heat of the summer. And then I replant again in the fall and harvest it again before Thanksgiving. And another method is to plant it in a porch container in the early spring and then just carry it in the house for July and August, and then you can bring the container back outside when the temps cool down. So just like cilantro, there were so many of my favorite veggies, all the basics, that had the same temperament and couldn't handle the heat. So I've since started looking at our zone with three different distinct seasons, and these first plants that will be harvested mid-summer and replanted again will be the best if I want them in the fall again. So let's chat a bit about the plants that I consider cold weather plants. And most of these I'll be starting indoors to get a head start. These plants can handle the frost overnight for short periods, and some even believe that the broccoli, spinach, and kale have a better flavor if they have experienced at least one frost before they're harvested. And I don't know if I can really tell, but a lot of avid gardeners will tell you that. So, a list of cold weather plants to start early are asparagus, beans, beets, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage and I'm going to add in cilantro here, even though that's an herb, carrots, cauliflower, kale, lettuce, onions, peas, radishes, spinach, and Swiss chard. There are others, but I only want to focus on the main ones and the ones that I do have experience with. Many of these, I will start indoors with seed trays, heat mats, and grow lights. We have an unfinished basement, and a few years ago, we added some shelving and lights and mats. And the chief put a garden hose spout in off the existing plumbing in the basement. And now we even have a water source down there. So I don't have to go up and down the steps with a watering container. So however, for many, many years, we started our seeds in our bedroom bay window because it gets some really good light. So you don't have to have all the extras to make it work. So we do have our own soil mix recipe that is some compost, peat moss, vermiculite, and perlite. But again, for years, we would just go to the garden center and buy a few bags of soil, no brainer. Again, don't get overwhelmed with doing everything from scratch. Pick one or two things in the homestead lifestyle that you wanna do from scratch and buy pre-made whenever the heck you want to. I always say you can take this lifestyle as far as you want, But at the point where it is too much work and stealing your joy, buy the pre-made and don't listen to anyone else. This is your journey and you are the boss of how you spend your own time and money. Okay, so off my soapbox there. So on the seed starting trays, you can buy them at the garden center, Walmart, Home Depot or online. They have multiple compartments for soil and your plants. And once they are seedlings, you will transplant them directly into the ground. Something that I am doing this month again and have fallen in love with this method over the last couple of years is soil blocking. I've done a couple of videos on this online on my social media, and it's basically getting that soil extra wet using this contraption that is basically a mold for four or six squares of soil, letting it dry a bit and placing a seed in the middle of each square. You water it from below to not damage the square. And the nice part about this is that when you transplant, you just place the entire square of soil with the plant in it in the ground, and then you don't have to disturb the roots by trying to get it out of the little plastic containers with the other 50 seedlings. I do love it. There is less waste and so far the plants have done really great with it the last couple of years. So just another option for you to think about. You know I will also mention I do love the pre-made little peat moss pellets that you soak in water and they expand to give you enough soil for planting your individual seeds. There are fancy tools to make that little divot in the soil, the starters, where you place the seed. However, I just use a sharpie, make a hole about a half an inch deep, place two seeds in, in case one, one of them is a dud, and then just use your finger to cover up the top of the seeds with the, the leftover soil there. Like I mentioned, water from below and the dirt at first, then the roots will end up soaking up the liquid from the bottom, which is much healthier and it doesn't disturb tiny, fragile seedlings. We then cover these seedlings with either plastic like the saran wrap or a clear seed tray cover to keep the moisture and the heat in. At that point, we place it on a heat mat or even in a warm sunny window and they will sprout in about only a week for most of the plants. Once you see those tiny little green sprouts popping through, you can remove the plastic clear covering and continue with the sunlight or sun lamp as well as occasionally watering from below. So when your seedlings have grown and it's time to transplant them outside, you definitely don't want to skip the standard hardening off process when it's time for your seedlings to go in the ground a month or so later. This is where you take your trays of baby plants outside at least for a few hours a day. This will toughen them up before the shock of being in the ground and their roots get disturbed. Most people think that this is for the temperature regulation, but just as important as that is for them to get used to the wind. Many gardeners will even have a rotating fan on their seedlings inside their house, so it's not such a shock to them when they get outside in the wind. A few hours a day is enough, back in at night, and then within four days, maybe leave them out overnight, still in their tray, and then transplant them the next morning. Another important issue in cold weather crop growing is soil drainage and the watering. Because the temps do drop overnight, especially, you wanna make sure that your soil is draining the extra water away from those roots. Again, our soil mixture helps with that. Gravity helps by planting in soil that is mounded up a bit maybe an inch or so higher than the ground around it. And finally, watering in the morning so the plants can soak up the liquid during the day. The afternoon sunshine can absorb any leftover water up into the air, and there's less water to freeze around those tender roots. It's so important, especially with the cold weather crops that will be going in four to six weeks before that last frost date, sometimes even in March. So let me read that list of my favorite cold weather crops one more time for you in case you want to jot it down. Asparagus, beans, beets, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cilantro, carrots, cauliflower, kale, lettuce, onions, peas, radishes, spinach, and Swiss chard. These are the ones that will be seedlings transplanted into the ground a month or more before our last frost date, March, possibly April. Hooray, we have finally figured it out. Goodness, it took us a long time. And if you've ever planted those and struggled because they've just died off or in the heat of the summer, they've been taken over by pests, that is why they do better in the colder spring and later into the fall. We do go a little easier in the fall and only do some of these plants that usually take us all the way through to Thanksgiving. We just pick out the few. By that point, we're kind of over it. (laughs) And we just pick out a few that we're really interested in. And one little tip, so many gardeners, flower farmers, and home decorators are trading in the fall mom trend for the ornamental kales and ornamental cabbages. They are absolutely beautiful. Mums are also an edible flower, so I suggest doing both. Anyway, there you have it, our cold weather crops. We have three seasons, the spring, the heat of the summer where you have all the squash and the tomatoes, they do great in that heat. And then we go right back to those same crops in the fall when it turns cold again. So don't get discouraged if they're dying off in July and August. That's what they should be doing. Harvest them right before that heat of the summer. Or you could keep them covered, bring them inside in a pot, or let them die off and replant as a cool weather in the fall. Cheers to healthy plants, produce from your backyard, and hours of enjoying God's beautiful nature. Thank you for joining us today in this episode of Gracefield Grit. I know that your time is valuable and I truly appreciate you being here. I hope it was helpful and that you'll share it with a friend. In order to schedule amazing guests on our show, we could use some good reviews. So if you've enjoyed this episode, I'd be honored if you could head over to the podcast app on your phone, tap the album art for the Gracefield Grit podcast, scroll down to the bottom of the page and write a review. I'm looking forward to our next episode, and I hope you'll join us again. Blessings to you today, friend, as you live out your own grace-filled grit.